I'm Sydney Packard, and here's to the glory days. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to D3 Glory Days, episode 12, quarantine edition. I'm Noah Drotti, joined as always by my friend and co-host, Stu Newstat. As athletes from around the country put the finishing touches on their indoor national championship preparations, the COVID-19 pandemic was ramping up in earnest. Just before the championships were scheduled to begin, the NCAA took the unprecedented step of canceling all spring athletics. Just like that, the season was over. No championships were held. No one got the chance to show themselves on the sport's biggest stage. In our next series of episodes, we'll talk to the athletes who ended their seasons on top of the leaderboard. When Coach Chabot of WPI saw Sydney Packard run at the state meet of her senior year of high school, he thought he was looking at a well of untapped potential. He was right. Sydney began to improve immediately and steadily. From missing the 800-meter final indoors of her freshman year, she would have stepped on the line in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, with a 206 PB in this year's number one seed. We talked with Sydney about her progression as a runner, what being a well-rounded student-athlete means to the chemical engineering major, and what it was like having her season canceled. We also talked about what her plans for the future are and what her next steps will be. We hope you enjoy our conversation with Sydney Packard. Thanks again for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please like, subscribe, and review wherever you're listening. Until next time, here's to the glory days. Welcome back to D3 Glory Days. We're joined for this episode by Sydney Packard. Sydney, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you? Doing good. You are our first guest of D3 Glory Days Quarantine Edition. <laughs> how, are, how are things going uh, right now? What, where are you in the world and kind of what does life look like for you right now? Uh, right now, I'm at my house all my family's here my parents are working from home and my younger brother is back from college too so I've just been taking online classes in my um, dining room just making it work yeah so you're a d3 glory days fanatic as we uh as we talked about before we (laughs) record um so you you kind of know what we what we do here um so I, I read an interview where your coach was he was watching you at your high school state meet and I think he ran like 219 or something for 800 and yeah. and he identified you as kind of an untapped well of potential can you kind of take us through high school and how you got to that point and you know did you know how you started discovering your potential and how you progressed as an athlete in high school yeah so i my freshman year i went to um, a new high school or a private school. Um, so I switched from my like public school system. And I in middle school, I was kind of really into track. Um, I ran the 800 a lot and loved it. And I think in middle school, I ran like 227. So I actually went into high school and talked to the new coaching staff there. And they were like, oh, well, when you're good runner when you're young you might not like improve a lot (laughs) when you're older so I guess for them um I had a really small school so in the 220s for the 800 was kind of like a a big deal 
Um, and then through high school, I kind of dropped my time in the 800 every year, um, freshman year in 224. And then um, by my senior year, I was running 217. And I thought that breaking 220 was like this big deal. And um, I was really proud of it. Um, but I definitely thought of myself as more of a long distance runner because I really liked cross country and I did the two mile and 400 at meets. So it's kind of like all over the place. Um, obviously didn't do as well in high school as I'm doing now, but um, I think because I was at such a small school, I kind of had the opportunity to be towards the top of um, all the runners there. Did you know you wanted to run in college? Was that always a goal of yours? Yeah, yeah, it was always a goal. Um, I think I definitely wanted to go D3 because obviously my times weren't good to good enough to get into like a big D1 school. Or, um, and I also really wanted to focus on academics. Yeah, on the academic side of things, you know, we looked into on your bio page, it says you were, you know, into engineering. When did that come about? And um, how did you figure chemical engineering would be the route for you? So in high school, I really liked um, chemistry and like calc and math. So my guidance counselor said, oh, well, if you like math and chemistry, you should probably look into chemical engineering. So then I think my junior year, I went to WPI and I talked to one of the professors there. Um, and they basically like gave me the whole outline of what chemical engineering was. And it wasn't really what I thought it would be, but I really liked it. And then I, so I think from there towards the end of my high school, I wanted to do chemical engineering or kind of the more bio side um, of chemical engineering. So what, what clicked between you and Coach Chabot? Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, yeah. Chabot. Uh, um, so it must have been a mixture between the coach and, and the school, WPI. Talk about what, you know, what factors interested you um, from both angles. Yeah, so um, one of my high school teammates, he was a senior when I was a freshman, um, my junior year, he texted me and he actually ended up going to WPI and running there. Um, he told me to, I should email Coach Chavik because he'd be interested in talking to me and like potentially joining the team. So I texted Coach and he is very personable and very good about talking to recruits and making us feel welcome and comfortable. And then actually um, a girl, Leah Strangio, who's one of my really close teammates, she's two years older than me. Um, she ran the 800 in Massachusetts. So at a couple of the bigger like state individual meets, I would see her and run with her and we'd kind of go back and forth in the 800 and she went to WPI. And so during my recruiting process, I talked to her and it was really nice to have someone that I kind of knew and could potentially run with. So that was a big part of the decision. I think of all our guests, you have stayed the closest to home. Was that a, you know, what was that impact in your decision instead of going maybe north, south, east, or I guess you can't really go east, uh, east coast, <laughs> but you know, what was your decision making and kind of staying close to home? Uh, I definitely wanted to stay close to home. Like I, I love my family and my grandparents. They're all, they all live um, around the town that I live in now. So I wanted to be close to home kind of in the New England area, but I didn't want to be too close. So I kind of like, I'm about 
an hour and 15 minutes away from school. So it kind of feels like I have that college experience away from home, but I can still go back and forth from school and home pretty easily. And, you know, with that, you know, how is that transition then into your, you know, college days, specifically with the team and joining cross country, you know, I think oftentimes that transition from high school to freshman year of college is always pretty tough, especially in cross country because, you know, women move up to 6K, men move up to 8K. And so it's a whole, whole new world. How did you, how did you balance that out? Um, I think having transferred from a different middle school to a different high school, I kind of had experience um, being in a new environment and kind of adapting and meeting new people. So going from high school to college seemed a bit easier for me than um, I guess a lot of people because I already kind of knew how to feel comfortable in a new setting. How did your training change when you stepped on campus from what you were doing in high school to what you were doing your first year of college? Um, it changed a lot. I think in high school, my longest run was six miles. That would be our long run day. We do a six mile block. Um, and then freshman year of college, it was kind of every day would be like a six mile run. And then long runs would get up to <laughs> like 10 miles, 10 or 12 miles, not too much. Chabot usually didn't, um, have me do too many long runs, um, just because he didn't he kind of wanted to slowly introduce me to higher mileage, but the workout intensity, I think is really what changed a lot. Um, I think in high school, I would do repeat 400s at like 90 to 95 seconds. And here it would be like closer to the, like in the, in between 60 and 70 on some of the harder days. So it was a big change. Um, and I remember, thinking to myself when Travis gave us a workout and their recovery was a 200 meter jog. I was like, we're not like stopping for five minutes in between the, <laughs> the reps. Why? What's going on? Um, but then also having a bunch of people around me to train with was really helpful. Um, I think my senior year of high school, there were four girls um, on the distance team and three of them were freshmen. So I was kind of like alone a lot um, during high school workouts. Yeah, I, I kind of had a similar experience. I went to a, a really small high school and, and I was, we were lucky to field the full cross country team in high school. And then I kind of went yep. to college and I remember all of a sudden there were like, you know, 20 other guys on the team, something like that. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, not only was I not one of the only people, but I also wasn't like the best person yeah. <laughs> anymore. And so, I mean, for me, I felt like it was just kind of a real opportunity to have a bunch of other people around and to be chasing people in workouts and stuff did, did you have a similar feeling yeah I definitely did um the girl Leah Strangio who's two years older than me she would always um like kick my butt during workouts and as, when I was younger like freshman and sophomore year I'd be like chasing her and like trying my best to keep up with her um so that like I think was a really big part in like helping me drop my times and just become like a better runner. How did your team kind of evolve throughout your four years? Did you see any any changes? I know you keep mentioning Leah was two years older than you, but you know after she was gone, you know how did that? How was that transition? We, I think, as a team overall, we've gotten a lot stronger and closer. Um, my freshman year, 
maybe it was because the first half of it I was injured, but I didn't feel as close with everyone. And I think um, over the past four years, like the cross country team, all the girls, like we are kind of like each other's best friends. And I really like that. And I think it's because as we've gotten better and kind of like achieved more, um, we have like a lot more confidence around each other. And I don't know, we're just more of a family. Um, And then this, year we got a lot of really good freshmen so it's kind of funny how it seems leo is two years older than me and we would run all of our work together and now there's another freshman named grace hadley who um is two years younger than or actually three years younger than me and we have been doing all of our workouts together and we kind of have like the same dynamic where we'll both push each other during the workouts so your your freshman year you're already qualifying for the national meet um, indoor and outdoor on the track. Um, what was it like, you know, you're new freshman, you were okay in high school, but not incredible. And now all of a sudden you're lining up at a national track meet. Um, was that an easy headspace to switch into? Did it, was there an adjustment period or how did you handle it? I think there, there definitely was an adjustment period. I remember during our team retreat before indoor track in January, we had to write down goals on a little note card. And I think I wrote down my goal was to qualify for a national championship by senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then during that season, I think I dropped my 800 time. I ran 216 in the middle of the season and I thought that was like a huge PR. And then at the last chance meet at BU, so a week before nationals, I ran 212, like out of nowhere. I was so like surprised. Um, so then I think going into nationals, I was really nervous because I kind of looked around at everyone and I was like, oh, I don't know. All these girls look so like strong and they just, I was really intimidated. And I think that kind of, impacted my race because I the whole time I was running like I wasn't really um sure what was going on I I think I listened to the podcast with that you had with um Emily Richards and she said that her first time she was outside in lane three the whole time and that same thing happened to me I was out in lane three I didn't really know like where I should be running with a bunch of girls who were running like pretty much the same exact times as me and I came in like last by five seconds or so in the 800 (laughs) but then during the outdoor season I think I kind of figured it out and got a little more confident in myself what did your coach say to you when you ran 212 do you remember he I don't remember I do know that he gave me a hug and he like usually doesn't like give people hugs or anything (laughs) so I think I'm one of the few that he's given a hug and he was he was really excited Mm -hmm. touch on that outdoor season in your first year you know you said you ran that 212 kind of out of nowhere and indoor to qualify you and then outdoors I mean you then you just kept hitting them off almost every meet and you finished All-American uh, in seventh place that season you know what was that switch you know where did that come from where you you know out of nowhere you run 212 and then consistently you run that you know for the whole outdoor season yeah I'm not I'm not sure I think it's because once I hit the 212 and I knew I could do it I think I just had a lot of confidence in myself um I think in high school I always kind of doubted whether or not I could be fast because Massachusetts was a really competitive state so I'd like look at the other girls and they would be hitting like 215s and I was like oh wow um they're really good so I think once I was able to kind of prove it to myself um 
in races that would, you know, go out harder and not be as afraid of dying or whatever, because I had just like that foundation. And then having Leah in all those races with me, I think we were really competitive with each other. So we'd kind of go out um, and run the 800 together and see how far we could push ourselves. Yeah, I think it's cool what a what a difference like a perspective shift can make because between you know indoor and outdoors not not a whole lot of time elapsed your freshman year you know but that mental switch just made all the difference and then by outdoor you made you made the final how'd that feel that was really awesome I was so nervous um the day of the final because I think that they had nine in the final because it was a nine lane track. So everyone was saying, well, don't just don't come in last. Like then you'll get all American. Um, so I was really, really nervous that day, but um, I tried to kind of overcome that by thinking of like what a great opportunity it was and that I earned my place there. And I was really, really happy to be on the podium, even though it was seventh place. Um, looking back at that goal where I thought to myself I wanted to qualify for nationals by senior year I was like I've already um, surpassed that and done something pretty cool. Doing some research before this you know I had trouble finding your mile PR in high school what was your mile PR in high school? I think it was 533 and I ran that my junior year. Junior year so 533 and then you open up your sophomore year indoor campaign with a 505 you know, did that feel like similar to your 800 where it was like, oh, that came out of nowhere. And then, you know, the next race you, or I guess in a few races after that, you, you finally break five, you know, kind of describe that progression in the mile now. Yeah. So in high school, um, I remember during a cool down with one of my friends, we were talking about the mile and like breaking five. And I was like, oh, that would be like my lifetime goal to break five in the mile. Like I'm, never really thought it was possible because it would have to PR by over 30 seconds to do it. Um, (laughs) But going into that meet where I first ran 505, I was talking to one of my teammates during the um, warm-up and she was a freshman and she asked me, um, oh, what's your like mile PR? What do you think you're going to run today? I'm like, oh, well, my PR is... um, 533 so I don't know and she's like oh well that's not that fast (laughs) I was like yeah (laughs) yeah I know I hope I can do a bit better um but in that race there was a girl from Bowdoin named Sarah Kelly who I knew was a really fast miler so uh I kind of my idea for the race is to just follow her and see how fast I could run and I think I knew that I could run a pretty good mile because I had a decent 1500 the season before I think I ran 440 so I knew I could probably get down in the like low teens for the mile but I was really really happy to run 505 and like get a good PR up there. Yeah one thing I love about you know this podcast and and really division three in general is that pretty much any high achieving division three athlete has some enormous breakthrough while in college because they come out of high school you know a little bit undertrained or a little bit inexperienced and then once they get into a real system like big chunks in time come off in a way that you just don't really see at another level because a lot of high-performing division one athletes come from a high-performance background i kind of want to talk about cross-country 
a little bit. You're obviously known as a track athlete, um, but you did compete in cross country all four years, correct? Yes, I my freshman year I would have competed, but um, I came into college a little injured, so I took the season off. And actually, I'm going to have um, some eligibility for next year. Whoa, whoa, don't get into that yet. We're okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's for later in the podcast. Um, so you know, a lot of people think about 800 runners, and they don't really connect. You know, the 800 to cross country. Um, you mentioned that you always felt like more of a distance runner in high school um so how, how does the two how did the two correlate to you you know how did you use cross country to set yourself up for great track seasons i think um i definitely like the fact that training all year um made me like a much stronger runner and i think in 800 you need that aerobic base to get um better um, and stronger towards the end of the race um, but cross country, I think I'm a very competitive runner. And in high school, a girl who also is two years older than me named Ariana, she was cross country and like the two mile were her thing. So during workouts, I'd try to like keep up with her and tempos and she'd always drop me. But um, I think it helped me to become like a stronger runner. Um, and I'd always want to place well for the team in high school. and think toward at the beginning um so sophomore year was my first year of cross country in high school um I would try to score as many points for the team I was the second runner for our team because that girl Ariana um was first and then towards my senior year um I kind of became a leader for cross country you know being in the New England region you know it's always pretty tough have the competition's you know really high you know, what was it like kind of going to those regional meets, um, doing well? I mean, you you placed uh, 23rd your sophomore year, right? Yep. And so kind of take us through, you know, I, I finally kind of experienced New England region for the first time this year, coaching Amherst, and it just kind of feels like a different level. And, you know, you can place, yeah. you can run a really fast time, but, you know, you might not even be all region. So kind of take us through those, you know, big time meets in the New England region. Yeah, I think um, because I am so competitive, I'd be in a race with so many girls who are so much faster than me. And I'm kind of like used to being towards the front of the pack, like in track races and um, competing with people up there. So I think in cross country races, I'd start out a little fast, like the regional meet. I'd like go out the first 400 and um with like the top 10 runners and then I'd be like oh I should kind of pull back a little bit I'd see um and then a couple of girls the, like the front runners would take off and I'd go back and um try to get in a position where I could sustain the pace and then maybe kick at the end um but yeah I think because I was so competitive I really wanted to be towards the front of the pack and I wanted to prove myself as a distance runner. I wanted to like tell myself and like prove to other people that I may be an 800 runner, but I can also like work hard and do longer distances. To step away from athletics briefly, um, you're, you know, taking a very demanding major in chemical engineering, which took me a few 
chances to spell correctly um, <laughs> when I was preparing for this. Um, can you t take us through kind of a typical day of the week for you while you're in school? Um, how do you prioritize running or and academics and just make it all fit? Because that's that's one thing I think a lot of Division three athletes have to do is balance a lot of different things. Um, and if you're involved in anything else on campus. So at WPI, we have quarters, so we only take two or three classes um, per quarter. So the you have more focused um, interests or focused um, direction. So you only have like three classes to focus on, but they go a lot faster. So I think within three weeks you have midterms um, at the start of school. So that is kind of demanding. Um, but I think I like the faster pace for our math classes and chemical engineering classes because I kind of don't like having to think about a lot of things at once. I like being able to like do one assignment, get that done, and then focus on the next one. Um, so we have practice in the afternoon. So I have a pretty full like class load during the day and then go to practice um, and then cook dinner and then try to get some of my work done. But um, I think having track gets me on um, a schedule. And I noticed that during the off season, if you have a couple of weeks with no practice, uh, I'll kind of sit around and won't get to my homework very quickly because I'll be like, oh, I'll have a lot of time. And then the due date will come up and be like, oh, wow, I really should have worked on that. But I'm a lot better about um, balancing it with track and training. Do you want to take us through the decision and reason why you chose to study abroad in India? Oh, yeah. So we at WPI junior year for one quarter, we have the option to study abroad. So um, because I was planning on doing a fifth year, I figured that I could take the outdoor season off. Um, and so I'd have eligibility for later. So that was a big part of why I decided to go away. Um, and then I really wanted to go to India because the site director said, oh, don't come here if you don't like like going outdoors and hiking and being kind of like in nature. And I was like, oh, well, I love that. So <laughs> I think I want to go. Um, and then I talked to Chad and he said, that's fine. And I wanted to go away in D term too, because then I wouldn't have to worry about training hard in India. I could kind of take time there to just um, experience everything. And over the summer, I could get back to training for cross country. What were some of the highlights of your trip? We were in the north part of India. So my project was a lot of hiking. We had to evaluate the waste management situation on hiking routes. Um, so I think hiking like 10,000 foot mountains is probably like the coolest thing. And just like the first time we went for a hike, um, we'd be walking and winding around the trail. And each time we turned a corner, we'd see like more snow-capped mountains. And I'd like never seen mountains like that before. So it was really cool. Yeah, I like that you took advantage, you know, of what kind of Division three is all about. And, you know, you can get so much done in your time here. And I think other places, if you studied abroad, you probably wouldn't come back to a team. And, um, yep. you know, kind of how was that, you know, being away from the team and coming back? Were they receptive to you? Obviously, I'm sure they were, but 
you know, what was that dynamic like kind of leaving for a little bit and coming back? Um, it was definitely, well, the team um, is very, they know what it's like because a lot of people leave to go away. Um, and we kind of have this joke, like once people get back from their study abroad, that's all they'll talk about. So they'll be like, oh, Sydney's talking about India again. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, it was really good. They were really welcoming and they wanted to hear a lot of the stories and um, I emailed them a lot, like wishing them good luck for different meets. Um, but yeah, I think coming back after a D term and a summer away um, was a, a little weird. It was hard to get used to like the school work again, but the, the team was the same, I think. <laughs> From a training perspective, did it, were you excited to get back to it and did it kind of feel fresh again or did it feel kind of daunting to have been out of like that physical loop and then be thrown back into it? Yeah, I think um, it was definitely refreshing. I think towards the end of my indoor season before I went away, I was feeling a little tired. I'm not sure if I maybe like feeling a little bit overtrained, um, but I was definitely in need of, a long break and I think it came at a good time I could kind of reset and then when I came back to start training again I was like okay it's time to it's time to go I was really excited um, to get back you, you've mentioned your team and how close you guys are you know what was it like qualifying you know you've been to nationals as an individual but you got your DMR you're part of a DMR what was your sophomore year indoor and then I guess what yep. could have been this year you know, kind of mm -hmm. talk about, you know, what it's like kind of to go there with a DMR and a relay rather than, you know, just as an individual. Yeah, I think um, my sophomore year trip, that was probably the most fun I've had on a trip. Um, one of my, I was really close friends with all the girls in the DMR team. And one girl who ran the 1200 leg, Emily, she um, is a goofball. And I think we have probably annoyed a lot of the people on the, on the um, team because we'd sit in like the third row back in the car that we rented and we'd just be like giggling and laughing the whole time. And um, I think the Friday after we raced um, in the DMR, we didn't place All-American um, everyone was a little upset and I think it was the first time that no one in the car was laughing and my coach is like wow <laughs> no one's saying anything that's new but that was really fun and then this past year with the DMR um, when we were driving we took a bus down to North Carolina and so we would spend 12 hours in the bus together and it went by faster than we thought it would um, we're all really close and we we're laughing the whole time. I'm sure we annoyed the coaches a little bit, <laughs> but it was, it was fun. That's another uh, Division three specific thing is a 12-hour bus ride. <laughs> yeah. Most Division one teams are hopping on a private jet for that. <laughs> um, so, you know, one, one thing a lot of people like uh, to hear on the podcast are kind of a, you know, specifics of training. And so I, I was just curious, you know, if you could give us one workout that when you see on the schedule, you dread it. And then one workout that you really look forward to. There's this one workout that we do every outdoor season. It's three sets of 
two by 400 and you have 60 seconds in between the 400s and then three minutes between each set. Um, and I've never finished it because the 400s are at 800 pace. So um, <laughs> I think it was, it was really hard. I think we were supposed to, I haven't done that since um, sophomore year actually, but we were supposed to be hitting, I think, 64 to 66 and I think the first set I or first rep I hit 67 um the last time I did it and then Chad was like oh you got to be better than that I was like yeah the next one it'll be better it'll be better and then I I ran like a 71 I was like oh no (laughs) (laughs) and then after that the next set I think I hit like 82 or something he's like yep you're done (laughs) Um, (laughs) so I think my goal for the for next year um is to finally finish that workout i don't know if i'll be able to i'm sure he'll drop the 400 split time a little bit <laughs> make me run even faster but um i really want to finish that and then i guess workouts that i really look forward to are 200s um i think the week of nationals we'll usually do um four by 200 at 800 pace with like a 200 jog in between. And I really like that. It's a good way to like get my legs um, rolling, but not burn them out before the race. So let's go into the most recent uh, national meet or national meet that could have been, Um, you know, as you said, you, you all drove down, we were in the same boat driving down and um, I'm not sure when you guys started driving, but we started driving on Wednesday, and I felt okay. like that was a day when everything started to go haywire. I mean, it was, I found a tweet where it listed maybe 25 events that were either canceled or moved, and it was just one by one, like March Madness is going, you know, no fans, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the NBA is suspended. You know, what was your timetable like, and kind of, you know, were, did you guys get to the meet at all, or, you know, take us through those. 48 72 hours of maybe the traveling and finding out the meet was canceled yeah um we had a workout at WPI on Tuesday morning and then we were we took the we left on the bus at 11 30 around then um but I remember before we got on the bus coach Chabot pulled me aside and he said this it's not really looking good. I'm not sure if we're going to even have like an outdoor season. He's like, I don't want to freak you out, but I just want you to know, like, we got to make this meet count. Um, so I was thinking, I was like, oh, wow, I couldn't even believe like we might not have an outdoor season. I kind of tried to put that out of my head um, and just focus on the race. Um, and then, so we were taking the the bus down on Tuesday and we would get like texts from people saying like oh my gosh um like harvard canceled classes or tufts canceled classes for the rest of the year that's crazy and then that day we got an email from wpi saying that classes um would be online until the beginning of april um and then things kind of just like would slowly come in like that throughout the day and we got to North Carolina on Wednesday and we did our um like a workout at the track and saw the facility um and we're still like 
obviously had no idea or we were thinking that nationals wouldn't be canceled because we were there in the building and we saw everyone so we're just kind of trying to focus on the meet and then thursday we went to the track in the morning did our pre-meet and then went back to the hotel in the afternoon and kind of took a nap or hung out in the hotel room and i remember waking up from a nap and seeing a tweet that the um big 10 and accs were pulling out of nationals for d1 and i was like oh that doesn't really look good for us and then um about 30 minutes later one of my friends texted me a screenshot that the ncaa committee decided to cancel all like indoor and outdoor championships and season so um he texted me and he said does this mean us and i was like oh i don't know and then i texted coach chabot and then i opened my door and went out into the hallway and he was there and he was like yeah i think that's kind of like the end and from there we like our team like got together and we went to dinner still dressed up in our um the like banquet clothes because you're like well we might as well make the most of it and everyone was pretty upset but we kind of just tried to focus on like being a team and getting through it how do you put this season in in perspective for you individually as an athlete i mean you ran 206 um 458 which is actually ranked seventh i think on the mile um leaderboard right now and you set the division three best over 1k um you were obviously you know, breaking a lot of ground as an athlete. How how do you think you'll remember this season and put it in perspective? Because you did have some tremendous efforts and some big gains, but you just didn't you just didn't have the opportunity to cap it off. Yeah, I think um, I'm definitely like really proud of what I was able to accomplish, and I think it was a big like step forward. Um, last year, I kind of was like caught in a bit of a rut with running. It was, I think, the first season where I didn't PR. So going into the the beginning of the season, I was a little like anxious about what I would be able to run. And then I think once I was able to hit like 206 and get a big PR, I kind of like got the confidence that I needed back. And I think I was ready for, an outdoor season um, to go like really well. I was looking forward to that, but um, I think it'll give me a lot of motivation for next year and going forward and kind of just like continuing to build confidence and chasing faster times. Was this the 206, you know, it was 206 what, by four and Emily Richards, mm-hmm. the all time D- D3 is 206.53. So you just mm-hmm. missed an all time division three record. You know, you mentioned that some of your goals were like were lifetime goals and, you know, breaking 220 was, you know, a kind of a dream for you. And now all of a sudden you're almost a, you know, an all-time D3 record holder. You know, what is that, you know, how did you comprehend that at all? Like, was this just like a mind-blowing performance for you? Yeah, it definitely was. I, um, I remember Coach put the, my seed as 206 and I looked at that and I was like, Oh, that's, that's pretty quick. But I think some of the workouts that we were doing, it was kind of at that pace. So I think I knew I could probably do it or coach um, guessed that I could based on his seed. So I kind of just went out there and I was like, I had a plan to go through the 400 at like 61, 62. And I hit that and then 
the second half of the race is like, I just got to keep rolling and like hitting off the 200 splits. Um, and then when I crossed the line, I like really couldn't believe it. And I think for like the whole rest of the day, I was like, I, I can't believe it. I just ran that time. And you know, I was, I was really proud of it though. I was walking around like just really happy and bubbly and like wishing all my teammates good luck and stuff. So I think Emily was there and she ran earlier in the yeah. day. Did you, did she come up to you or did you guys talk at all? I'm sure you, that you maybe knew each other just from racing each other. <laughs> I, I think the first heat, they kind of had them in a different area, in a different warm up area, I think. Um, so I didn't see her much before the race. Um, and I didn't, after the race, I didn't really see her too much, but I, other meets I think she's seen me and said hi good luck um but yeah she ran 202 that day and I saw her run that I was like all right now I gotta like show what D3 can do and keep it going <laughs> so you kind of offered a spoiler uh earlier in the episode mentioning that you'll be back next year um I assume as a graduate student um so since seasons were canceled the NCAA has offered people an extra year of eligibility um what does next year look like for you in terms of eligibility do you have all three seasons i have cross country and then i don't know if they've made an official ruling on d3 um Mm -hmm. for indoor uh but so i wouldn't wouldn't have indoor but i do have outdoor and actually i guess i'd have two outdoor seasons um but i only have one year so i'll have cross country and then outdoor. And what are you looking to, what are you looking to prove next year? I think I want to try to get back to kind of where I was sophomore year or a little better for cross country. Um, I want to see if I can maybe try to either have like a team or individual qualifier for the cross country championships. And then um, indoor, hopefully I'll have, a couple of like BU races to go to individually to kind of like stay sharp and ready to go. And then outdoor, um, I'm really hoping to have another shot at maybe getting a podium finish for the 800 or doing the 15. Cause I think the 1500 is one of my favorite races. It's, I think it's really fun. Um, obviously the 800 is like my baby, but, um, I would really like another shot at running a fast 1500 because I haven't been able to for a few years. You know, moving forward, you know, you're seeing yourself going from a high schooler hoping to break 220 and you get down to 217 and now you ran 206. You know, what do you, how could you sum up like your progression and what do you kind of owe that big drop in time to? I think my, I'm really glad that my high school coach kind of, knew not to push too hard and um like overtrain any of us definitely we were probably a bit more undertrained um but he was a very smart coach and i like loved um him and this year i think chavit's also like very smart he um balances like really really difficult workouts with um a lot of recovery so i think we've had um or it's been really good for me to like prevent injuries and kind of but still be able to drop a lot of time um but yeah I'm glad that I've seen 
improvement every year and still still want to see some more improvement next year. So I think you are the 10th athlete that we've had on the show, something like that, ninth or 10th. And just about every athlete that we've talked to has continued training and racing um, post-collegiately as a professional or as, you know, just a high performer. Um, you know, what, zooming out another year from now, do you have ambitions of competing post-collegiately or are you focusing more on career goals or both? Um, definitely both. Uh, the WPI alumni for track, they've made an old goat track club that um, is kind of more casual. So I was thinking about joining that um, once I graduate and kind of just running for fun with my friends. But then um, I guess after this year, when I uh, dropped my 800 time and had a good performance, I was kind of, or I'm still kind of kicking around the idea of maybe joining a um, kind of more competitive like track club in Boston and seeing if I can find some good people to train with and kind of continuing to um, run fast times. And I think coach Chabot would definitely like to see me run after college. So I think he's going to help see like what kind of opportunities there are, but I'm also interested in either getting a PhD or going into industry for chemical engineering. Nice. So these are, you know, obviously unprecedented times that we're uh, in uncertain times that we're living in right now. Um, you know, how are you coping with it as an athlete who's kind of confined to your house for classes and your neighborhood for running? And, and what advice would you give to other athletes who might find themselves in a similar situation? Yeah, at home, I've been trying to go on a lot of walks. And um, I just found out that behind my street is the whole like wildlife management area. So I've been trying to like get out there to go for walks because there's not a lot of people and it's nice kind of just like being in the woods um, and going for like short little runs or walks with my dog. Um, so I think it's really important to kind of try to keep um, some sort of level of fitness and it's good for your mental health and everything to keep a schedule and stay active and being outside is really important. Keep me going or the walks mm -hmm. and the, the runs I'm able to go on because we're blowing through Netflix pretty quickly and yeah. it'll be more than just watch TV all day. Yeah I, I think I've read like three or four books since I've been back is slowed down a little bit since classes started and uh, yeah, I don't know. I've been trying to do some like resistance band exercises and general strength in my house. It's hard to be motivated to do that without like teammates around me, but um, I've been trying to be good about that kind of stuff. Well, Sydney, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're all, you know, extraordinarily busy, so we won't take uh, any, more, <laughs> any, more of your, <laughs> any more of your time, but um, we really appreciate you uh, joining us and, and telling us your story. Oh yeah, thank you for having me, it's awesome. Pleasure. All right, that's a wrap for episode 12. Thanks for joining us again. Hope you enjoyed the content. If you did, please take a second to like, subscribe, and review the podcast wherever you're listening to it. We'll be back soon with episode 13.
Here's to the glory days.